0: Monday, July 23rd, 2018, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from here in the Mile High City. We are in Denver, Colorado, and you know, we are back again this week to discuss the world of sports with a dose of common sense, maybe just a touch of sarcasm here or there. I hope that you enjoyed your weekend. I'm sure we all got some much-needed rest. We had some relaxation over the past two days. Now... Our batteries are all recharged. We are raring to go here on this Monday. Or else none of that is true and we stayed up way too late. We ate too much junk. We drank way too much over the last two days. And we are actually crawling back into work this morning. I hope that's not the case. But if it is, go get that cup of coffee. Turn on the Daily Dose. We will do our best to get you going today on this Monday. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, let us know how you're feeling today. Hit us up on email. DailyDoseSports at gmail.com. Or you can go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Sports. Maybe you've got a list that you would like us to cover. Maybe you have a question for us. Understand this. It doesn't have to be about a big national story. Maybe you have a question about a specific team. Maybe you have a question about a specific player or situation. Send it. We'll always take the time to get you an answer. And we just might end up using it on the show. So you never know. Be sure that you send in those questions. We would love to hear from you. Hey, today on the show, we are going to be recapping the weekend in sports. And we are going to be taking a look at a few of the things that we learned from this weekend in sports. Because it's not enough just to watch sports. We've got to actually be thinking. We want to actually be learning something from it. We try to pick up some information from the weekend when we watched a few of these things that were coming out. Because there were some interesting things. I know we're in that dry time of year, but there were some interesting things coming out in the world of sports this weekend. First and foremost, got to jump into that British Open because we learned that Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth, yeah, apparently they each jumped into a time machine for a few rounds of that British Open. Did you see that? Unfortunately, they couldn't keep the DeLorean running at 88 miles per hour, and on Sunday they came crashing back to reality a little bit. Now, Tiger Woods was actually leading the Open on Sunday, but then he went from first to fifth on the 11th when he smacked a ball into the gallery, eventually had to settle for a double bogey. He had been playing so well up to that point. But at that level, there is no room for error. There is no room for mistakes. And Tiger made some mistakes on Sunday that just ended up costing him. They weren't huge, giant mistakes like we were seeing Last year, two years ago, they were just little mistakes that kept him from being right at the top. Yes, he still finished fifth, and that's pretty good for Tiger Woods. Everyone should be encouraged by that, shouldn't they? Maybe that course was just perfectly set up for him to compete. Maybe he's improving. I don't know which it was, but for a while there, Tiger Woods was right there in contention. That was kind of fun to watch. And then we saw Jordan Spieth, who had the lead for the first three rounds, but again on Sunday... Just struggled, not anything huge, not a huge meltdown. There wasn't any of that. But he posted a 76, and he dropped down, tied for fifth as well. Meanwhile, Francesco Molinari was steady throughout the weekend. Nothing spectacular, just good. You want an example of how good Molinari was? On Sunday, he parred the first 13 holes. Again, it's not spectacular. He's not going out there and just getting birdie, eagle, birdie, eagle. No, he's just getting par. Par, par, again and again and again, and that steady consistency paid off for him. Then on 14, he does get a birdie, and all of a sudden, you're looking at Molinari going, wow, he's in really, really good shape. Francesco Molinari becomes the first Italian to win a major championship. Congrats to him. He wins the British Open, and he looked very, very strong doing it. Meanwhile, Spieth and Woods, they were fun to watch. They were intriguing to watch. I'm tuning in on Sunday. I watched way more of the British Open. Honestly, that I even care to admit. But they were fun to watch, and that was why I was watching. But Spieth and Woods made me want to watch that, because I wanted to see, can they keep this up for four days? That's the hard part. Anybody can do it for one, two, maybe even three days. Four days, when everyone's eyes are on you, all the cameras are on you, starts to get a little bit hot out there. We started to see a few mistakes, and we saw a few guys slip. Hey, if they can stay in that time machine for four days instead of three... Speed and Mua just might be able to win something here, but they were fun to watch on Sunday. Shifting over to the NFL, and speaking of the NFL, do you realize that the NFL Hall of Fame game is already next Thursday? Not this coming, but the next Thursday? That's coming very, very quickly. A few training camps opened last week, and most of the rest of them will be starting up this week. The NFL is coming fast, and as a result, we do have some things coming out in the world of NFL news. The big news on Friday that provided us an opportunity to learn something was when the NFL announced that NFL owners are going to freeze that newly instituted national anthem rule that said players could be subjected to punishment if they didn't stand for the national anthem that they play, of course, before games. What I learned from all this is that there is no end in sight for any of this stuff because I can't see how in the world These two sides are ever going to come up with ground they can agree on. The owners do not want the players kneeling. It's bad for business. Meanwhile, the players want to kneel and also the players, honestly, they don't want to be told what to do. If they want to kneel, they feel that's their right to do so. This story is as polarizing as it gets. And I don't think it's going away. Then, of course, you have President Donald Trump weighing in on it, saying he can't believe the debate has reignited. Of course, we all know that whatever Donald Trump says, a lot of people are just going to do the opposite no matter what he says. It wouldn't matter what he said. As soon as they heard it, they would say, okay, we're doing the opposite. Makes no difference. If even what he said made sense, everyone's going to go the other direction. Again, I really honestly think it would pay off if he just came out in support of some nonsense just to see what people would do. I'd just like to see it personally. I still think in this whole national anthem debate though, the strangest thing about all of it is the fact that the NFL owners basically installed a rule that is the same as the NBA rule. If you want to kneel or you want to protest the anthem, then you can stay in the locker room. If you come out, you must stand or you get fined. That's the same rule as the NBA rule. No one has a problem with the NBA rule. But if you ask the players or you ask the players' union what their problem is with the NFL instituting that rule, It's that they weren't consulted with prior to the owners releasing the rule. So, let me see if I have this straight. It's not so much what you said, it's just the way you said it. Hey, we've all lost that battle before. Good luck, NFL. You're going to need it because this isn't going anywhere anytime soon. We also learned that someone else is going to be needing some luck and some big luck. And that is going to be... The New York Giants and their latest top draft pick because running back Saquon Barkley is now officially a member of the New York Giants. That's good news, right? The Giants and Barkley reportedly agreed to term Sunday on a four-year fully guaranteed contract worth $31.2 million. Barkley's also going to get a $20.8 million signing bonus with $15 million paid out immediately. Drafting a running back with your top pick is risky enough. Giving him guaranteed money. Hey, we talked about how tough it is for running backs to stay healthy last week. You took him with a top pick and you're going to give him guaranteed cash. New York Giants. At this point, you're just tempting fate. I love Saquon Barkley, but you better cross your fingers. You better kiss your lucky rabbit's foot. You better light a match Giants fan because you are begging the football gods to injure your star running back. I'm telling you, that's getting really, really scary. I know, I know. Hey, I love Saquon Barkley. I really do. Seriously, drafting him high and giving him guaranteed money? Are you guys out of your minds completely? That's a little bit scary. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue to take a look at what we learned from the weekend in sports. We've got some weird things coming out in the world of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jimmy Garoppolo is apparently dating a porn star. And LeBron James is off to a cold start in Los Angeles. What in the world is going on in California these days? Okay, so we've got to continue with what we learned from the weekend in sports. And, you know, one of the things that I learned in the NFL was that the NFL drug testing program does not seem to be working all that well. Or I don't know, maybe the CTE problem is worse than we originally thought it was. I do have some proof because in the world of delusional news, Jacksonville Jaguars defensive lineman Malik Jackson has a bold prediction for us all. Are you ready for it? Here's what he says. I'm calling it 16-0. and I don't think anybody can beat us as long as we stay healthy and do what we're supposed to do. That's what Jackson said late on Friday. We're going 16-0. and We're going all the way. So, again, let me see if I have this straight. Malik Jackson thinks a Blake Bortles-led team is going to go 16-0. and Stop and think about that for a second. Let's just take a quick look at the Jacksonville Jaguars schedule, okay? At Giants, probably a loss. Hopefully, Saquon Barkley doesn't get hurt. Home versus the Patriots. Okay, that's a definite loss. Home versus the Tennessee Titans. Eh, Possible loss. Home versus the Jets. There's a win. At Kansas City, that's probably a loss. I could easily see the Jacksonville Jaguars starting the season like one and four, two and three in the first five weeks. Did Malik Jackson mean he thought the Jags offense would score 16 points this season? Because that would make more sense to me. 16 and 0? Yeah, something's going on over there. There's some circuits misfiring. We need to have you checked. We need to have you examine Malik Jackson because nothing you said made sense. Here's some other news, and it's not helping Malik Jackson's prediction. You know, a few weeks ago, here on The Dose, we discussed there were a few young players in the NFL that are in danger of being labeled as busts. One of the guys we spoke about was Malik Jackson's teammate with the Jaguars, Dante Fowler. Hey, it's not that Fowler's not talented. He's extremely talented. It's just that he keeps getting in trouble and doing dumb things off the field. Well, we learned over the weekend that Fowler is still on the road to underachieving. It was announced over the weekend that he has been suspended for that first game of the season for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. That's what the NFL said on Friday. Fowler will miss the Jags' week one game against the Giants, even though he'll be eligible to participate in preseason games and in practices. And, you know, the league didn't specify what actually triggered the suspension. But here's a couple little tidbits for you that it could be about. Fowler has had several off-field issues. In March, he pleaded no contest to charges of battery, criminal mischief, and petty theft stemming from an arrest last summer. Fowler was sentenced to a year of probation and 75 hours of community service, and he was fined 900 bucks. That's according to court records. So, I mean, we can clearly see that when Malik Jackson says, hey, I'm looking at our team and we are focused, and we are ready to go. We are going 16-0. and Yeah, he might not have looked at Dante Fowler. Apparently, Fowler was out of his range of view because he apparently didn't pay any attention to what's going on there. That's not a good way to start the season for Fowler or for the Jags. Speaking of possibly using drugs and suffering from CTE or whatever is going on down in Jacksonville, San Francisco 49ers starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is also making some, well, a little bit questionable choices. Because he has apparently chosen to date a porn star by the name of Kiara Mia in his, I don't know, spare time. Really, Jimmy G? A porn star? Look, I'm not judging you. I'm not judging your girl either. I swear I'm not. You're both consenting adults. I'm not saying that you're dating like a prostitute or anything or. That she's even, you know, like, uh, what what's the word I want to use? Whore? I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying anything like that. Fine. You are not a whore. But you are wearing a whore's uniform. No, no, no. You stop that, Dave Chappelle. We don't need that here at The Dose. No. See, that's not what I'm saying at all. My struggle is with Jimmy G's decision to date a porn star. It's that life is tough enough as it is, isn't it? Hey, here's the thing. Look at the success of like marriages right now. It's in the toilet. Relationships are hard. It is hard to find someone in this world that you want to spend your life with. There is the day-to-day battle of just getting along. You don't want to add obstacles that make it even tougher. It's already hard. Sometimes just getting along when like you get home from a long day at work, that's hard enough. Now imagine that your significant other Works in the world of porn. How was your day, dear? You don't want them to say, oh, it was a bad day. It was a horrible day. It was a terrible day. Really, really rough day. (gasps) That's not good. I don't want to hear that. And you know what else you don't want them saying? It was a wonderful day. Best day at work ever. You know what? I can't wait to get back to work tomorrow. Here's the thing, Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't win You're putting yourself in a bad situation, young man, and you have to know that going in or else I'm wondering, have you already taken too many shots to the dome? Is the NFL drug testing not working? What is going on that you're looking at this situation and thinking it makes any sense because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Jimmy G, you need to check yourself. A little bit odd to me why you would make that decision. Taking a look around the NFL, we did also learn that the Indianapolis Colts are keeping things positive, and they're saying that quarterback Andrew Luck is definitely going to be ready for training camp when the Colts veterans report to training camp on Wednesday. Hey, that's very, very good news, if it actually happens. Sorry, sorry, I'm not trying to be cynical. I know it seems like I am. I'm not, I swear. It's just that the Colts have been telling us The Andrew Luck is fine for, what, the last two years now? And dude hasn't played in a game since the 2016 season. Oh, but he's all clear to go now. No limitations whatsoever. He's throwing the ball great. He's firing the ball over the field. He has no limitations. I mean, if you believe that, and I hope it's true, I would rather have more good players in the NFL than less. So I do hope it's true. But here is a little note to Indianapolis Colts management about training camp and the preseason. You might be telling us that Andrew Luck has no limitations. You might be telling us that he's all brand spankin' new and everything's good. Please, please, please don't put him out there in the preseason and get the guy killed. It's a long season. There's plenty of time for him to get his reps. I don't want to hear about, well, he needs to feel the reps before we get into the regular season. Because if we get in the regular season, he has to have his reps. I don't care about that. Don't believe your own hype, Indianapolis Colts. Don't believe the hype. Keep Andrew Luck on ice. Until the season starts and then I guess you gotta just gamble, right? Then you take your chances. But up till then, yeah, slow down on how he's all fine and he has no limitations because I've seen what you guys do with that in the past. He ends up getting his spleen ruptured. Let's be careful there. Final thing we learned in the NFL, we learned that soon to be Hall of Fame wide receiver Terrell Owens is really just an unselfish guy at heart. I mean, who knew? Terrell Owens hadn't said much to explain why he will not be attending the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony that's coming up next week. Some think he's not going to be there because none of his former teams will foot the bill for his party. Some people think he's mad at the selection committee because they passed him over twice. Some think he's upset about some of the things that voters said about him being a selfish player. Not a very good teammate. Some people just think he wants attention. But on Saturday night, Terrell Owens suggested a different motivation that he's making a statement for all the players that had to wait longer than they should have to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm so happy for Jerry Kramer, Owens said in a response to someone on Twitter who is criticizing him. He shouldn't have had to wait that long either. I'm doing this for guys like him, past, present, and the future. Look at you, Terrell Owens, standing up for the tired... Standing up for the poor, the huddled masses yearning to breathe the air in Canton, Ohio. This isn't about Terrell Owens throwing a tantrum that he didn't get into the Hall of Fame sooner. Terrell Owens has everyone else's back, even though he's never mentioned it one single time before. He is standing up for the little guys that can't stand up for themselves. Well done, Terrell Owens. Well done, indeed. It's really unfair. It's really unfair. It's my team my quarterback. And if you guys do that, man, it's unfair. Hey, you know, not a whole lot going on in the NBA for a change this weekend for the first time since like, I don't know, October, but we did learn that the murals of LeBron James in Los Angeles. Yeah. They're not faring so well so far. And I don't think it's any sort of an omen for LeBron in LA. I'm sure he'll do fine, but a second LeBron James Lakers mural, has now been defaced by a Vandal this month in Los Angeles. Now, the latest mural of LeBron James depicted him looking up at Lakers legends Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Wilt Chamberlain above the two historic venues that the team has been playing their games at, Staples Center and, of course, the Great Western Forum. A lifelong Lakers fan painted the mural and said that its message was that LeBron James was coming to the Lakers with respect and understanding of the legends that he is following. With the image of LeBron James looking up to former Lakers star, the artist was hoping that the message of the art would keep vandals and haters from defacing it. But apparently that didn't work because someone poured white paint over the top of James' image and it was just James' image. It wasn't anyone else's. It was just his. That was late on Friday night. On Saturday morning, the artist returned to fix it, and he said about 40 to 50 Lakers fans stopped by and helped him out. Now, the artist said he didn't know why anyone would deface his art, and he certainly didn't know who would deface his art, but I have some idea why. I told you last week, there are a lot of Los Angeles Lakers fans, they don't like LeBron James. They haven't liked him his entire career. They've been looking at LeBron and saying, yeah, he's a nice player, but he's always got all this drama. He's always playing it up. He had to leave to go win his titles. He's certainly not better than Magic or Kareem or Kobe, and yet people are already talking about him up in the stratus of Michael Jordan. No, we don't like LeBron James. Why would we act like we do? There is a lot of that feeling in LA. Now, again, I'm not condoning it in any way, but I'm telling you that's why it's happening. If people are asking, we don't know why it's happening. I'm telling you that's why it's happening. And also because L.A. really, really likes the graffiti stuff. Like if you've been to Los Angeles lately, there is graffiti everywhere in Los Angeles. It rates as like the third highest hobby in L.A. behind, I don't know, sitting in traffic and mangling their faces with plastic surgery. It's just what they do. They love to graffiti stuff. Go out there. Everything has graffiti on it. It's just kind of the way things work in Southern California. Hey. Coming back, we've got to finish up with what we learned from the weekend in sports. The New York Mets are disappointed in Tim Tebow. Oh, and also, there is a good young fighter, and he was pretty impressive on Saturday night. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can get the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. August Loot Crate Theme is now out, and it is called Mayhem. Wherever they go, Mayhem seems to follow these characters. Celebrate some of your favorite havoc-wreaking characters and chaotic moments with exclusive gear and collectibles. August Loot Crate Theme features items from Rick and Morty, Office Space, Harley Quinn, and DC Comics, and of course, the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out. Be sure you enter Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order, Just as a little thank you for tuning into The Daily Dose. Okay, so we've got to continue with what we learned from the weekend in sports. And shifting over to Major League Baseball, we learned that the New York Mets are very disappointed in Binghamton outfielder Tim Tebow. Yeah, no, I know it's surprising. It's kind of shocking. No, Tim Tebow didn't get a DUI. No, he didn't beat up a female. No, he didn't even date a porn star. No, it seems that the former NFL quarterback who now plays for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Yes, that's their real name. That's actually a double A affiliate for the New York Mets. He got himself hurt over the weekend. He has been put on the disabled list. Tebow injured his right hand on Friday night, and he's going to be evaluated by a specialist today. Now, why in the world would the New York Mets care what Tim Tebow does? Well, mostly because he's been batting 273 this season. He has six home runs. He has 36 RBIs. He did play in the Eastern League All-Star Game earlier in July. And so you just know that the New York Mets would have loved nothing more than to move Tim Tebow up to the big leagues just to try to keep the fans coming to their games despite the fact that the Mets are terrible this year. They have just a 40-56 and record. What better way to drum up some business Then by bringing up Tebow, eventually, it's not like he's gonna do any worse. And can you imagine the jersey sales? Can you imagine the attendance if Tim Tebow actually made it to a major league ballpark? Now with the hand injury, that could make it a little difficult. So you just know that the New York Mets have got to be a little bit disappointed in Tim Tebow. No, they're not mad at him. They're just disappointed. Hey. Did you see that Netflix did drop the new season of Last Chance U on Friday? You know, I started to watch that. I watched the first episode. I don't know if there's any more episodes out yet, but I did watch the first one. I would imagine they dropped the whole season, but I watched the first episode. And I learned that things in Last Chance U this season, yeah, they're going to be a little bit different than they have been in past seasons. And I'm telling you, if you haven't watched Last Chance U, it's pretty well done. It's a pretty entertaining series. They really do go inside and show you some stuff that's pretty interesting. The past two seasons, they have followed the seasons of East Mississippi Community College and their crazy head coach, Buddy Stevens. But EMCC, they've been one of the top small colleges in the country. They bring in a ton of talent. They've been contending for and winning national titles. Yeah, this season's going to be a little bit different because this season, The series shifted to Independence, Kansas, where they are following head coach Jason Brown, a guy who was born and raised in Compton, California. In fact, he actually played his college football at Compton Community College. And let me tell you, Coach Brown, yeah, he loves himself some Coach Brown. Like, it is not above this guy to go out and do a pregame speech about Coach Brown because he loves him some Coach Brown. But wow. Does he have his work cut out for him? You know, at EMCC, we were kind of used they're just the big dog, they're always ranked, they're always right there. Yeah, this is gonna be a little bit different because this is gonna be a much tougher situation. Now, Independence Community College recently dumped the rule of having a limited amount of scholarships going to out-of-state recruits. So Brown is getting all of these kids coming in from all over the country coming to play for him in Independence, Kansas. But of course, if you're getting those kids at a community college, we all kind of know what that means, right? A lot of these kids, they have a lot of baggage when they show up. They're not going to community college just for fun or just for giggles. No, it's because something happened. Either they couldn't get the grades, they couldn't stay healthy, they got in trouble with the law, they got in trouble not going to class, whatever it might have been, they are showing up to Independence, Kansas, with a whole lot of bags behind them when they get there. Now, they have talent, no question, but all these kids might be pulling in different directions. I'm telling you, tune in to Last Chance U. If you haven't watched the first two seasons, you are missing out. Highly, highly entertaining stuff there. Finally, we're going to shift over to the world of boxing, and you know, on Fridays, we like to give a weekend sports preview on most weeks and let you know some of the things that are out there to watch. Now, this past Friday, I discussed an HBO fight between Jaime Munguia and Liam Smith for the junior middleweight world title. I'm not sure if you actually watched the fight, but I did. And it was a very, very interesting fight to watch because Munguia is a talented young fighter. He is hoping to become a household name in the world of boxing very, very soon. He is already talking about wanting to be in that conversation with the Gennady Golovkins, with the Canelo Alvarez's. After watching his fight against Liam Smith on Saturday, which he won easily by unanimous decision, yeah, Munguia had better go do some more work before he steps into the ring with the likes of those guys. Yes, Munguia pounded Liam Smith. He landed 33% of his punches, which is not great, but he does hit very hard. It's just that he's not technically good enough yet. He needs a lot more work. He is very, very sloppy defensively, and for all of the power that he has, and he's got a bunch, He throws a lot of wild punches. Just crazy haymakers. And wild punches against a seasoned veteran, yeah, they're going to be poison for a young fighter like Munguia. Not only do you not connect with the punch, you expose yourself to some heavy counter punches because you've crossed yourself. Now, Liam Smith countered Munguia a number of times on Saturday night, but he doesn't have any power. Like, he doesn't have any snap on his punches whatsoever, so it doesn't even make a dent. But if Canelo or Triple G is in that ring, yeah. Jaime Munguia is going to end up getting himself hurt. He is talented, but he needs a lot more polish to truly be considered a true contender. He's just not there yet. He's only 21. And he has a record of 30-0 and 0 because he started fighting professionally at the age of 16. But they need to go get him a few more fights against manageable competition. And he needs to tighten up his game before you start talking about, I want to get in the ring with Triple G or Canelo. Because right now, Jaime Munguia... Very, very talented, very hard hitter. He is not in that class. He would get himself probably knocked out in one of those fights. Hey, you know, we do have a very interesting week for you here at the Daily Dose. Tomorrow, of course, we'll be discussing the latest stories coming out in the world of breaking news, but. We are going to do a few things just a little bit different this week. We just might have to create a few things here at The Daily Dose. We're going to be talking about that tomorrow. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Monday. Hopefully it got you going. Hopefully now your Monday's doing a little better and we can put it behind us and move on to this week. For all of you that share the show, it is very appreciated. Hey, if you are not subscribed to The Daily Dose, wherever you listen, just do us a quick favor and just click that little subscribe or follow button. You will make sure that you don't miss a single episode that way. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Monday.